Welcome to another Sunday morning sermon for Marysville Christian Church. We're glad you're here joining us on this journey to learn more, love more, and look more like Jesus. We invite you to grab a cup of coffee and a Bible as we dive into God's Word. It takes us a while to figure out who we need to depend on and who we can turn to for guidance. Who do we rely on or what do we rely on? Do we, like those raccoons, do we rely on our instinct? Do we rely on our routine, what we've always done? Do we rely on family or friends or coworkers? Do we turn to a professional asking their guidance? Or if you really need help with some techno stuff, you ask a seven-year-old to come help you out. I, I, I don't know, I must have had a stroke. What, what was I thinking? I know the answer, the most common response to who do you depend on, who do you turn to, has gotta be Alexa, Siri, right? At least that's what we do now. The world we're living in right now is the result of a less Jesus mentality. Because when there's more Jesus in your life, there's less complaining less selfishness, less bitterness, and less gossip, less drama, less anger, whatever's too, less pride, and ultimately less me. But what happens, what happens if we live our life following him with more Jesus? Well, that's when we end up living life like this. Paul wrote to Timothy, about the reason why that was important to learn, to live with more Jesus and less of me. He says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, the first few verses, there will be terrible times coming in the last days, people who love only themselves and love money. That sounds like more me, not more Jesus. They'll be proud and they'll boast about themselves and they'll abuse others with insults, putting them down again. More me, not more Jesus. They won't obey their parents. They'll be ungrateful and against all that's pleasing to God. They have no love for others and will refuse to forgive anyone. They'll talk about others to hurt them and they'll have no self-control. More me, less Jesus. They'll be cruel and hate what's good. People will turn against their friends. They'll do foolish things without thinking and be so proud of themselves for doing it. More me less Jesus. And instead of loving God, they'll love pleasure. They'll go on pretending to be devoted to God, but they'll refuse to let that devotion change anything about how they live their life. More me, less Jesus. But a few verses later, in verses 14 through 17 of 2 Timothy 3, he gives a contrast to that about what it is to live with more Jesus in your life. He says, but you should continue following the teaching that you've learned. You know that it's true because you know you can trust those who taught you. You have known the Holy Scriptures since you were a child. These scriptures are able to make you wise, and that wisdom leads to salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Less me, more Jesus. All scripture is given by God. 
and is useful for teaching and showing people what's wrong in their lives, and it's useful correcting those faults and teaching the right way to live. Using the scriptures, those who serve God will be prepared and will have anything they need to do every good work. Sounds like more Jesus and less of me. So, by contrast, not everybody lives that way, though. Most people live like is described in chapter 4 of 2 Timothy in verse 3 and 4. Look at how this sounds like like more Jesus or more me. The time's coming when people will refuse to listen to the truth. Sounds like more me, right? Instead, they'll look for teachers who will only tell them what they're itching to hear. Instead of listening to the truth, they will follow made-up stories. More me. And when it feels like you're being ignored, it can get pretty discouraging, can it? Why bother? That's why, as his mentor, Paul is trying to encourage Timothy to keep on teaching the Word of God. Listen to how he describes it in verse 1 and 2. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, in view of his appearing in his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the Word. Be prepared in season and out of season, whether it's convenient or not. Correct and confront and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. People need to learn how to live with more Jesus and less of themselves. Jesus knew and trusted the Word of God. He would talk about his belief in Genesis and creation. He would set straight any confusion about gender issues when he would say this in Matthew 19, talking about marriage and the stability that a family provides in society, when he says, haven't you read the scriptures? They record that from the beginning, God made them male and female. A reference to Genesis 1, verse 27. And he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and a mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united to become one. Reference again to Genesis 2. And he says, since there are no longer two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. So the question is, will I live my life with more me or more dependence on the guidance of the word of God? Will I live my life according to my fear of being canceled, my fear of being arrested or charged? With hate speech, or will I live my life with more conviction about the guidance that the Word of God provides? Jesus knew, and he chose the Word of God. When it came to issues about moral accountability, he referred to a place that many think was just a story. A place called Sodom and Gomorrah. Is in Matthew chapter 10. He says, I tell you the truth, the wicked cities of Sodom and Gomorrah would be better off than such a town as this on Judgment Day. Now, the reason why Sodom and Gomorrah were judged was because of the moral depravity that they had sunk to. That's a nice church word on Sunday morning for saying they were a bunch of degenerates that did unspeakable things. And they lost the idea 
of why God created a man and a woman. So will we allow ourselves to be guided by the word of God or by the teachers that I want to listen to? When it comes to a question of repentance, of changing the direction of your life, Jesus believed in the story of Jonah. Matthew chapter 12, verse 40 and 41 Jonah was in the belly of the great fish for three days and three nights. So will the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. The people of Nineveh will stand up against this generation in judgment and condemn it, for they repented of their sins at the preaching of Jonah. Now someone greater than Jonah is here, but you refuse to repent. Did they respond to the guidance of the Word of God? Or were they instead depending on themselves? Or, what about the story of Noah? Judgment is coming, ready or not. When the Son of Man returns, he says it will be like the days of Noah. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time that Noah entered into the boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came, and then it swept them all away, and that's the way it will be when the Son of Man returns. So again, I guess I would ask, when it came to who Jesus trusted, did he trust the word of God? Or did he simply trust what everybody else believed at the time? That that happened a long time ago. It probably didn't even happen. It's probably just a fairy tale used to scare people. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John record 80 different times when Jesus quoted from 70 different chapters and 24 books of the Old Testament. And I realize I probably lost you after 80. That's a lot of numbers on a Sunday morning. Let me throw one more number at you. Jesus was 12 when he was in the temple learning because the expectation was that for Jewish boys between the age of 5 and 12, they were to memorize Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Not selected verses, no, the whole of that scripture. Why? Because Jesus allowed the word of God, they were expected to allow the word of God to guide their life. And if you don't know the Word of God, if you don't read the Word of God, then the Word of God won't guide your life. When he was tempted by Satan, what was his response? It's written. When he was tested by people and his frustration with them, he would say, haven't you read? When he was teaching people the ways of God, he said, this day the scripture is fulfilled. And when explaining the meaning of life, he would say, surely you'll quote this proverb. And he would refer to a teaching in the Old Testament. You see, the word of God was Jesus' reference point in life. So again, I would ask you, what's your reference point? Who do you rely on? Jesus found his purpose in life clarified by Scripture. In Luke chapter 18, verse 31 following, it says, taking the 12 disciples aside, Jesus said, we're going up to Jerusalem where all the predictions of the prophets concerning the Son of Man will come true. He'll be handed over to the Romans. He'll be mocked and treated shamefully and spit on. They'll flog him with a whip and they'll kill him, but on that third day, he'll rise again. That's crazy talk. Nobody comes back from the dead. 
More me or more trust in the word of God? Even when it's hard to believe. Or in Luke 24, verse 25 and following, Jesus said to them, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in Scripture. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? And then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all of the prophets, explaining from all the Scriptures the things concerning him and his own life. You see, there were times when even Jesus struggled to merge his will with God's. What was it that compelled him to get in line with God? It was his understanding of the word of God. And as he struggled to find strength in prayer, what was it that comforted him and reassured him that he's doing the right thing, even though it didn't feel right? And when he was weak, where did he turn to to refocus himself again upon the will of God? It was the word of God. That's why we're called to follow in his steps. Jesus calls us to align our life with God's word. In John 7, verse 16 and 17, he told them, my message is not my own. It comes from God who sent me. Anyone who wants to do the will of God will know whether my teaching is from God or if it's merely my own. See, it doesn't matter if it was Sodom and Gomorrah or the Garden of Gethsemane. It doesn't matter whether it was Nineveh or Noah. The only thing that really matters on the day of judgment is it will be what God said it would be. So, are you willing to align your life with the word of God? Or will you continue less of God and more of me and run through the woods with the coons because that's just what comes natural to you? If that's what you choose, you decide that it's a waste of your time and you just want to do what you want to do, Jesus had this to say in John 12, verse 48 and following. All who reject me and my message, why would they do that? because they're living their life with more of me and less of him. If you reject me and my message, you'll be judged on the day of judgment by the truth that I have spoken. You mean my feelings don't change the truth of God? No, they don't. My opinion, what others say, what others threaten, that doesn't change the will of God? No. Jesus said, I don't speak on my own authority. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. I guess even Jesus, guys, had to learn how to listen to tone. I know his commands lead to eternal life. So I say whatever the Father tells me to say. Eternal life. That's what happens when the word of God leads us to judgment and keeps us accountable. God's word is what held kings accountable. In Deuteronomy chapter 17 in the Old Testament, starting in verses 18 and going through verse 20, here was the admonition, here was the charge given to kings. When the king begins to rule, it says, he must write a copy of the law for himself in a book. He must make that copy from the books 
that the priests have given him. He must keep that book with him and read from it all of his life because he must learn to respect the Lord his God. He must learn to completely obey everything the law commands. Then the king will not think that he is better than any of his own people. Well, wouldn't that be refreshing? When the leaders of a country didn't think that they were ex excluded from the expectations of God. That they were above the people that they led. What is it that keeps him humble? He won't turn away from the law, but he will follow it exactly. And then he and his descendants will rule the kingdom of Israel for a long time. It was the word of God that kept kings accountable, but it's also the word of God that keeps us as regular, everyday people accountable also. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says, For the word of God is alive and active and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, cutting between the soul and the spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all of creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are held accountable. David, want you to praise team, join me on stage. You see, it really comes down to this. It's kind of like Dakota was talking about, <clears throat> about what got his attention, why he decided I need to be baptized. It wasn't because of any particular creative way that I had put together the sermon that day. It was simply because he was listening to the Word of God. And when you listen to the Word of God, it's the Word of God that touches your heart. When you listen to the Word of God, it's the Word of God that motivates you and convicts you and challenges you to make a change, to make a difference in your life. We can either live our life by our natural instincts or we can look to Jesus for guidance. The guidance that he would give is found in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. It simply starts like this. In, our, in your lives, you must think and act like Christ Jesus. So it's not just a matter of doing all the right things and not doing all the wrong things. It's a matter of learning how to change the way you think so that you could learn more about Jesus and then love more like Jesus and as a result of that, looking more like Jesus in how you live your life. More Jesus, less me. That's the challenge for all of us, whether we're just beginning as a young toddler or whether, whether we're old enough to make some decisions for ourselves about how we're going to live our life. That is our challenge. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to learn more about Marysville Christian Church and connect with us, be sure to go to our website, marysvillechristian.org. If you are near the Marysville area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday morning. We have our Bible study classes at 9 a.m. and our regular worship service is at 10 a.m. Our address is 17,000 Waldo Road, Marysville, Ohio 43040. Our phone number is 937-642-9838. Email is office at marysvillechristian.org.